When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by Grey Goose. Super Bowl 58. Right around the corner. Chiefs and Niners. The question has been asked recently of how did we get here with these two teams? Now, they both have been good for a while, obviously. We know how great the Chiefs are. Iconic dynastic type team and the Niners second Super Bowl in four years, but with a different quarterback. But I was thinking about something. When you look at the two quarterbacks and the two organizations, which organization is more impressive in terms of how they acquired the quarterback? And I know you could sit there and say, what do you mean? Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant, but hear me out on this. In 2017, the Kansas City Chiefs traded up in the NFL draft while having a really good starting quarterback in Alex Smith. They didn't have an empty hole. They had a really good starting quarterback. They trade the 27th pick in the draft, the 2017 that year, third round pick, number 91 overall, and the next year's first rounder, 2018 first rounder, for the number 10 pick in the draft of the Buffalo Bills that gave them Patrick Mahomes. So they traded up 17 spots, gave away a future first and a third for what could become the greatest quarterback of all time. Is that more impressive than finding a quarterback? We could sit here and disagree all we want, which we will about his value, but irrelevant right now for the sake of the conversation. Finding a quarterback that can be your quarterback when you go to the Super Bowl with the last pick in the draft. No, it's more impressive what Kansas City did with Patrick Mahomes simply because the 49ers had no intention of Brock Purdy doing what he's done, Mm -hmm. right? They had Trey Lance. That was supposed to be their guy, and Brock Purdy was – you know, a developmental prospect that could eventually step in if something were to go off the rails with Trey Lance. But that was more of a shot in the dark, whereas there was a clear plan and a system in place to maximize the talent that they got from Patrick Mahomes. So you move up from, what, the 27th overall pick to to the 10th 10. overall pick yep. in order to take him? Like, you don't see teams that are picking in the back half of the first round take those huge types of swings. But it was clear that they had some kind of conviction on Pat Mahomes, and they saw something that nobody else saw. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Chicago Bears took Mitch Trubisky in that draft. Yikes. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they with the second overall pick. I mean, the Houston Texans a couple picks later took Deshaun Watt. You're talking about the Chiefs seeing something that nobody else in the draft, nobody else in the NFL saw, and then them being rewarded with having a guy through his first six seasons as a starter – be on a trajectory to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And they knew it pretty quickly, too. I yeah. remember being in St. Louis at the time, talking to people in Kansas City, and they were, like, salivating over him. They're like, yeah. he's going to be amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's going to be the guy. And I, I remember a lot of us were like, really? We didn't see that. And they knew right away, as soon as he, he got in the facility, that he was going to be special. But even with that being said, and even with the fact that the Brock Purdy of it all does feel a little bit lucky from the 49ers. Like the Trey Lance mistake is a lot less of a burden because you were able to find Brock Purdy. The fact that you have Mr. Irrelevant in the Super Bowl is remarkable. I mean, that is crazy. It is crazy. But I guess the point that I would make is 
it's only a lot less relevant in terms of the miss with Trey Lance if you win the Super Bowl. Because if this roster gets this close and the 49ers lose the Super Bowl and Brock Purdy is presumably the reason why, then you have to ask yourself, what could this – I mean, well, the quarterback position is the reason why. Then You have to ask yourself, well, what could those draft picks have been if you didn't invest so much in Trey Lance? Like, if you still had Brock Mm -hmm. Purdy as your quarterback, but you had those other three first-round draft picks, what could your team have been? How much better could they have been? How much closer could you have been to winning a Super Bowl if you didn't have that big swing and a miss with Trey Lance? So I guess that's the part of it where I know it would be revisionist history, but at the same time, that's how we have to judge Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch because if you don't accomplish the ultimate goal after making that kind of mistake, then questions start to pop up about your job security and whether or not you should be the guy in the chair long-term with this franchise. But these may be the second and third most impressive QB moves of our lifetime behind the Patriots finding Brady at 199? Yeah. I mean, think about this. Of our lifetime, well, I mean, Montana went in the third round. That's pretty damn impressive, right? That's pretty good. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, these are – I don't think we look at it under this premise of in the how they got here with these two quarterbacks. This was not, well, let's just draft them number one overall. Let's draft them number two overall. Mm-hmm. Or let's go and sign them as a free agent. This is – we have a quarterback in Kansas City and Alex Smith. We're drafting 27th, which means you really have a quarterback because it means you were good the year before. We don't care. We want to move up, give up next year's first-round pick for a guy who's going to play one game that season. And the Niners saying, you know what? We're going to take a quarterback 199 overall, even though we took a guy three overall that we traded three first-rounders for, and we have a guy we're paying $20 million to in Jimmy Garoppolo. These are two of the great QB acquisitions we've ever seen. He's got 199 in his head. He really meant 262. But what it's okay, I though. I said 199. You want him to be Tom Brady, though. <laughs> you want him to be. And here's the crazy thing. like that, that's, that's the storyline that everybody is waiting on. In this. If he wins the Super Bowl and he beats Patrick Mahomes head-to-head, doing something that Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Tua couldn't do this year, doing something that Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't do four years ago, that's, right. that's where everybody wants to go. Of course. That's where everybody will go. Wait a minute. This guy has got some type of intangible. He's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. But boy, does he think the game well and he's a gamer he makes it happen he's at his best when his best is required that's what people said about Tom Brady when he beat the greatest show on turf the competitive greatness (laughs) that came out in those key moments that last drive that he led to allow Adam Vinatieri to hit the game winning field goal those are the moments that we hold on to and so you're questioning whether or not Brock Purdy can channel some of that. Like, we've seen the come-from-behind wins when everybody wanted to know, could this guy play from behind? Well, he checked that box against the Green Bay Packers. He checked that box against the Detroit Lions. But we all know that this is a different animal in terms of the quarterback that you're going against, the head coach you're going against, and the defense that you're going against. If you find a way to slay that dragon, then all of a sudden, all of the... I guess the missteps that the San Francisco 49ers have had, including the trade Lance trade go away. And everybody is talking about the brilliance of Brock Purdy and how they uncovered that gem in the end of the seventh round with a compensatory pick. So let me ask off of this. Let's play out the Niners win on Sunday. Okay. And let's play out that Brock Purdy has his averages, which are basically 19 of 28, 260, two touchdowns, no picks, something like that. Right. I I, I forgot what it was, but something along those lines. 
are we? Because remember, we're not comparing the two quarterbacks. There is no comparison. No, 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 no. We're comparing the impressiveness of the acquisition of mm-hmm. these two quarterbacks and how ridiculous both of the acquisitions were. If the Niners win, would we? Because Smalls has already said this. Would we then say that the Niners' acquisition of Brock Purdy is more impressive than the Chiefs' acquisition of Mahomes? You, I know you're saying yes on that. But now you're picking a guy with the last pick in the draft who's your starting quarterback of a Super Bowl winner. I just think by the nature of the disparity and where he was picked and how they didn't know he was the guy right away and developed him along the way that I would have to go with that one. Even though it is really impressive when you have a quarterback in place to draft someone like Patrick Mahomes and then have the intention to develop him and put him in when they did. Like They, they handled that very well. See, that's the key word to me, intention. Like They knew what they had in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They knew it. And, and, and you heard all of the grumblings around, oh, man, this guy's a Ferrari. Lewis Riddick praise. Oh, this guy's Ferrari. Wait till they wait till they take this thing out and test drive it and put it on the road. Like, you're, you're going to be amazing. They knew what they had. The 49ers just ran into it. Well, they and, thought and so, they had no, something, no, no, but no, didn't know they no, had well, something. Well, they thought they had the best player in the draft at that point. But we're talking about the end of the draft. They didn't think that they were taking a guy well, that was going to be the best quarterback for sure. on their roster. They ran into it. Right. And sometimes right. it's better to be lucky than good. If yeah. you play golf with <laughs> me, you understand that. Yeah. So I, like, I, I, under, I get that part of it. But if he does find a way to win on Sunday, yep. now you're talking about a guy that is one of – three quarterbacks to have beaten Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, it would be Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, and Brock Purdy. Yep. That would be the list. And not just the playoffs. He did it in the Super Bowl. Hello. That, that, like that, 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 yeah, that's he's a, it's a better acquisition. That, that, it is. I don't know if it's a better acquisition. It is. I don't know. And guess what? I'll give you one other thing that's going to make you really uncomfortable, but we have to do this if they win on Sunday. Brock Purdy's first two years would then be as good as any first two years we've seen in NFL history because Brady and Mahomes didn't play in year one. Not first two years as a starter, first two years in a, in the league. He would have been to an NFC championship game, got hurt. But he wasn't a full-time starter last year. I know, year. but he so played more than I, Brady and Mahomes did. Yeah, but I, I don't know if I can give him that credit, though. Like, he wasn't a full-time starter last year. So, like, I, I, I mean, if you want to take it to when they were the full-time starter, like, to me, this would be the first full year of Brock Purdy. Like, that's yes, what we but talking about. last year was a significant amount of playing time, but not a full season, no. right? But I think that one of the most underrated pieces of this Super Bowl is the level of acquisition with these two guys, right? Buffalo Bills making the Super Bowl. Josh Allen was the seventh pick in the draft or whatever it was, right? Um, if you think about any of these other teams that are – Joe Burrow, he's number one overall. I mean, Lamar's an interesting Lamar's one. Lamar's an interesting one. At 32 overall where you had a, a Hall of Fame level executive. Went to, the, went to the playoffs, won an MVP in year two. Yeah, and you have a Hall of Fame level executive in Bill Polian saying you should play wide receiver. Yeah, which is utterly him. absurd, yeah. right? right? We know that. But that's an all-time great acquisition with the last pick in the first round. But these two, I don't think we can undersell the Alex Smith part of this with Kansas City. This, I, this would be, I think Detroit is probably the best example I could give you. This would be Detroit this year trading up and trading away a first-rounder next year and going all-in on a quarterback this year after going to the NFC title game knowing that guy ain't going to play next year and we think he's going to be one of the greats of all time. And that's exactly what happened with Kansas City. And it would also, with with San Francisco, knowing in training camp, okay, I know we gave up three first-rounders for that guy and we pay that guy $20 million, but the other guy who we, yes, lucked into may be better than both of them. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. More impressive Super Bowl acquisition. Mahomes 
or Purdy. Not who's better. Don't get it twisted. Nobody's arguing that. But are you more impressed with how the Chiefs got Mahomes or how the Niners got Purdy? We'll ask Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter, next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl matchup. Dan Graziano is here, ESPN NFL reporter. All right, I want you to weigh in on something that we've been debating here. Not the quarterbacks, but the acquisition of them. Which team deserves more credit for the acquisition of the quarterback? The Niners for Purdy, last pick in the draft. Or the Chiefs with Alex Smith trading up to get Mahomes? Well, the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs did something, right? The Niners sat there with the last pick in the draft and went, all right, let, what do we get? We got to end this draft. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> right, let's take us a quarterback. We like him a little bit. We'll see what he's got. That, that's different from like, oh, we're going to trade up for Mahomes, who was seen as a project coming out of Texas Tech, right? And, and we're going to sit him for a year behind Alex Smith and then he's going to be the best quarterback in the whole league. Like that, that to me, <laughs> that is a better, a better move, uh, more, more sort of calculated and developed. I mean, a, a super impressive what the 49ers and Brock Purdy have done together, but lucky, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? I, mean, like, I, I don't think anybody would dispute that. Right. Yeah. Let's, let me ask you about somebody that coached Pat Mahomes, Cliff Kingsbury. We thought over the weekend that he was yeah. going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders ends up being hired by the Washington Commanders as their offensive coordinator. How did that situation evolve with all of the twists and turns, and what does that mean in terms of the NFL draft in late April? Well, the, first of all, like the, the Washington coaching situation was the last one to resolve itself, right? So like if, if Dan Quinn and, was going to bring Cliff Kingsbury with him and Cliff was starting to wonder if Quinn was going to get a job, then you could see why he was talking to the Raiders, and all of a sudden Quinn gets the job in D.C., and it makes sense. Um, in terms of what the commanders are going to do in the draft, they're picking second. So if they want a quarterback, they're going to be able to get one. The question is which one. And obviously everybody's going to make this connection with Kingsbury and Caleb Williams because they're both at USC last year. Um, and, but the problem is if the Bears want Caleb Williams, then the, then the commanders can't get him. Now, could the, could the commanders try and trade up? Right, give the Bears a bunch of picks. We really want Caleb. He's a DC kid, new owner, trying to make a big splash. I, I, that, that's possible, but it's also possible that you know Cliff could coach Drake May, who played in some sort of uh, form of air raid offense at North Carolina for a while, and might mesh with what Cliff's doing. So I think it's—I don't think it's any big shock to say we think the Commanders are going to go quarterback with that second pick. 
I think what everyone's going to be watching now is can they make that pick into Caleb Williams by doing something with the Bears or if the Bears decide in the end to stick with Fields. Does Caleb Williams have any power in this situation if his preference is to go to D.C.? I think there, it, theoretically, right? Like we haven't seen anybody exert that power at the top of the draft since Eli Manning, which mm-hmm. is what, 20 years ago now. So uh, I, I think theoretically, and there have been some sort of rumblings out of his camp, which he has, to his credit, tried to tamp down um, that indicated maybe something along those lines. But yeah, I, I think it's it's certainly possible. Like if you if we talked about it a couple of years ago with Joe Burrow, it didn't come to pass, right? Like if you if you were to put it out there that I'd much rather play for this other team, I you know I have the ability to go back, right? <laughs> right? So uh, yeah, theoretically, but I, I we haven't seen anybody pull it off since Eli. Graz, so. if if there's a even a one percent possibility of Caleb Williams saying I want to play for Washington, does that delay the Bears' trade of Justin Fields? Uh, maybe, but again, if you if you're the Bears, you could also be making the decision to move on from Fields and go with the rookie quarterback, uh, and just have it be a different one. Again, we're heading down a theoretical path here. This is a move that just happened <laughs> a day or two ago, so we don't really know exactly all the ins and outs. But if you if you're the Bears, you could certainly talk yourself into saying, I'd rather have Drake May and whatever picks Washington's going to send me mm-hmm. than Caleb Williams, right? That, that value might be higher to you. So um, it could have something to do with Fields, but it doesn't have to. I mean, they may have already decided to move on from Fields and go with the rookie quarterback and just not know exactly which one yet. Graz, looking forward to the big game next Sunday. I'm curious from your perspective. Uh, I know we talk a lot about Brock Purdy, but just exactly how much pressure is on Kyle Shanahan going into this game? Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, look, he's back uh, for the second time, right? And and the, the, he had a, a, a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter four years ago on the same team. Uh, and, you know, his prior experience in the Super Bowl was as the offensive coordinator of the Falcons. We all know the size of that lead uh, and how that went away. So if you're Kyle Shanahan... Like, you got to get one, and you've been very, very close a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of pressure on him, especially when you look at the rest of this 49ers roster. Yes, they're, they're, if they're good with Purdy at quarterback, you can build around that. He's going to be cheap for the next couple of years. But there are a lot of other expensive decisions on that roster that are going to confront them this offseason, and they may not be able to bring the same team back. So I, I think there's a great deal of pressure on Kyle to win this one, having you know getting back there four years later. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, obviously Andy Reid, everything's gravy at this point, right? Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, I'm sure they want to win it. But I think if you're, if you're Kyle, you, you do start to get to the point where like, well, how many times, how many shots are we going to get at this? Um, not that he's old or anything, but, you know, it, it's hard to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, speaking of how many shots are, am I going to get with this, it makes me think of Bill Belichick and the mm. fact that he's still out there. He puts out the thank you and goodbye letter to Patriots fans, and it had a sense of finality and sadness to it that I wasn't necessarily expecting. <laughs> um but do you think that this could be the end? I mean, we talk oh, yeah. about his presence looming and that maybe if a team makes a uh, – if they fall short, that he'll be out there and they'll snatch him up. But I kind of am leaning towards this being the end, Dan, and I was curious what you thought about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, there were there were eight openings this year. Well, seven, not counting the one that, that was created by, by him. Um, so seven's a, a pretty good number. Like, you can't <laughs> – there may be six or seven or eight again next year, but last year there were five. So I, I think – in theory, it makes sense. He'll loom over these situations. A team owner will be enamored with the idea of bringing him in, and it, and maybe it'll happen. But as we learned this year, that's no guarantee. And another year away and another year older, you're talking about a guy who uh, he'll turn 72, 
right? He'll turn 72 in uh, this coming year. So by the time he would actually coach a game for you, he'd be 73, right? Yeah, I think it could be the end. It's possible we've seen him coach his last game in the NFL. Here's where I would fight that off, and I am very biased in favor of Belichick. I understand. (laughs) There's there's not one playoff team that fired their coach this year. Correct. So meaning... If you're a team that is multi-years away, mm-hmm. he may not make sense. If you're a team that's inches away, he makes a lot of sense, which I think we could have some of those openings next year. In theory, yes. Yeah. But but remember what the, the decision the Falcons were confronting was, like, how much do we have to turn over in terms of our organization? How many... How many new people would he bring in? How many of our current people would that would he displace? And we're only going to have him for a couple of years, and then we're going to have to do that all over again. So... That is all going to still be there in terms of whatever team looks at him next year. Uh, and it's entirely possible someone will decide it's worth it. Obviously, the, the resume speaks for itself. But I do think the lesson of this year is there's more to it than just plug-in greatest coach of all time win Super Bowl. Ross, it's been floated that if Andy Reid wins the Super Bowl on Sunday that he could potentially step away. What are you hearing around lead circles about the possibility of Andy Reid retiring? It's definitely been out there. Um, now, there's a couple of theories floating around as to why it's out there. One is that, you know, it's possible he's, he's actually thinking about hanging it up. Another is that um, it's possible that Andy Reid is now the third highest paid coach in his division <laughs> and maybe would like that to change. Right? So, so uh, it, it, that, that sometimes these things get out there for reasons like that. So I don't where I am on it right now is I would be very, very surprised if Andy Reid walked away at the end of this season. I think as long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, you, you probably want to stay and maximize that as much as you possibly can. But like you said, it is out there, and I do think there are maybe some internal issues that need to be revolved, uh, resolved, and, and they, they may revolve around sort of who's getting paid what and, and those kinds of things. But they have, those things have a way of sorting themselves out, especially uh, if you're talking about in the glow of a second straight Super Bowl title, which yes. is entirely <laughs> where they could be sitting a week from today. Dan, is there a particular matchup that you are going to be locked into for the Super Bowl? I'm interested to see, well, Steve Spagnolo, I think, had as good a year as any coordinator on either side of the ball. And so I, I'm fascinated to see what he's got game plan wise for the 49ers. I guess that would be my what are they going to do about McCaffrey and how do you, how do you cut that off and sort of try and make the 49ers one dimensional and see if Brock Purdy's got what it takes, you know, to win you a Super Bowl uh, with his arm. So I think that, and then the the flip side is 49ers were so bad against the run last week. Uh, can the chiefs establish something and dominate on the ground with Pacheco and, and, and what effect would that have on the game? Final thing here with Dan Graziano, who you'll see uh, 8 a.m. Eastern time on get up on ESPN. Do you feel like you're bad luck when it comes to weather? You go to Buffalo, it's a storm. You're going to Vegas, it's colder than ever. Are you a bad luck charm relative to weather, Gross? No. Buffalo is Buffalo. Like that, that's not, <laughs> You're blaming uh, Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo yeah, in January has Buffalo. nothing to do with me. And quite frankly, it could have been worse. Um, and, and last week in Santa Clara, it was gorgeous. It was perfect. Absolutely sensational weather. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, my understanding on <laughs> Vegas is like this is how it works in the desert. Sometimes it gets cold at night, and, and I think it, it, it will be. But um, looks like the rain is out of the forecast for the latter part of the week. So Our that's meteorologist, good. Dan Graziano. And, uh, <laughs> and again, it, I mean, we did a week in Minneapolis once upon a time for oh, the Super Bowl. Yeah. That was And that yeah. was awful. That was and awful. And there's no way it'll, it'll possibly be that bad. Graz, thank you as always. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Brutal news out of Philly this weekend with Joel Embiid's injury. Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business's needs from quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options. Progressive Commercials makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. So let's start this conversation this way. In no way, shape, or form am I going to insult Joel Embiid and say that he decided to play basketball when he was banged up because people like us were questioning what happened. I mean us media members. What happened in that he didn't play at Denver? Like, that's, I know LeBron and others have gone there. Like, that's ridiculous. Joel Embiid plays because Joel Embiid wants to play, not because of what media or fans say. He is an MVP player that will be a Hall of Famer one day. But per Adrian Wojnarowski this weekend, I'll read you from Woj's story. Philadelphia 76ers star Joel Embiid, the reigning league MVP, will undergo a procedure to address a left meniscus injury in the coming days, the team announced Sunday night, and the door isn't closed on a return this season, sources told ESPN. Embiid is expected to miss an extended period of time, but a more precise timeline isn't expected until doctors complete the procedure, sources said. CC is an 11-year NFL vet, somebody who's had this language probably said about your teammates and yourself. Yeah. What does that mean? The door isn't closed. How long does that mean? mean guesstimation that he's out for well i think they're trying to keep hope alive in philadelphia but he ain't coming back this season like he, he might this be regular the, season or this, this season in this, general this regular season okay. but if if they're smart about it i would say the entirety of the year why would i try to get him back for the playoffs and know that he's going to be a shell of himself not necessarily going to be in the best of shape best of physical uh, condition and potentially risk re-injury i mean, think about it the intensity once you get to the postseason ramps up the speed of the game Picks up. Why would I want to reintroduce Joel Embiid back to competitive play under those circumstances? It just doesn't make sense. So if you're Philadelphia, you have to take a macro view of this thing. you got to take a long-range approach when it comes to doing right by Embiid, but also positioning this team to compete for a title while he's still in his prime. They're in a precarious position because you would assume with the trade deadline looming that this was the time to go all in with Embiid playing the way he is, really go for it, push all the chips in and maximize. But now you're so uncertain about the timeline, it it might not be wise to do that, to make that calculated risk if you don't think that he's going to come back or you don't think it's the smart decision to put him in that position. So I think I can try to break this down based on what you just said, Smalls, three different ways. The first way is, 
what they were going to do would have been to go all in. Tons of expiring contracts. Right. Tons. Tons. Of right. What they're probably going to do is just let those contracts expire at the end of the season and then have tons of cap space. What I'd consider doing is something that I don't think has been discussed. And this is going to sound ridiculous, but what I'd consider doing if I'm Philadelphia is looking for every bad contract in the league. No doubt. To take it on. No doubt. And what I would do, because in essence, cap space without free agency is the same thing as a contract with draft picks. What do I mean? If you have $60 million of cap space and there's no free agent you want to sign, you could have a $30 million player and give another team two first-round picks to take that guy on when when somebody says, hey, I want to go play with Embiid and Maxi. So what I would do if I'm them is I will trade you my expiring contract of, just for as an example, Marcus Morris, and you're going to trade me the worst contract on your team, and you're going to give me a first-round pick to do it. Then I'm going to call you, and I have Nicholas Batum, and I have Robert Covington. Yeah, for about Mar- 20, Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris, what I just, yeah, I just mentioned. And, yeah. and to, even Tobias Harris, Tobias who's Harris, great. Yep. I'm going to say, give me the worst contract you have, but you're going to pay me off to take it. Because now I'm going to have a Knicks-like scenario where I know as long as I have Embiid and Maxi, I'm going to be in the playoffs. Now, even if I have bad contracts, I'm going to have three, four, five, six, maybe up to eight first-round picks to play with moving forward. I'm now in bad contract mode if I'm Philadelphia. Yeah, you only got three guys on the contract going into next year, right? You got Joel Embiid, Paul Reed, and Jaden Springer who a lot of people aren't familiar with his work. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, there's a hold of $6 million for a qualifying offer. Presumably, you're going to extend him. But that's it. That's all you got. So you got plenty of cap space to be able to maneuver, take on some bad contracts, get some more first-round draft picks to add to the arsenal that you already have. And then trade them away. And, and that way you can trade them away and bring in a star and a couple of role players that fit well around Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. To me... What Evan outlined is exactly what the Sixers should be thinking, but the biggest problem or I guess the biggest issue with that approach is being able to sell Joel Embiid on this being Mm -hmm. the best path in order to get it done. Because Joel is also looking around and saying, is this the place that I want to be? Do I think they're going to maximize what I'm bringing to the table in the twilight of my prime? Mm -hmm. Because with the injury history and knowing what we know, like I hate to use the hourglass reference, but we kind of get into that with Joel Embiid too. You don't see like the the shelf life for big men as opposed to wings or guards isn't the same in the NBA. So you wonder with a guy that is his size with his injury history. Him thinking about trying to win a championship knowing that that's how his legacy is ultimately defined. It ain't about MVPs alone. You've got to win a ring. And everybody's going to attach the process to you. And and everybody wants to question whether or not that was the right approach. If you don't have success at the highest level of the sport, if you don't get to the championship rounds, if you don't get to a conference finals, if you don't get to an NBA finals, that becomes an indictment on your resume and your career. So if you're Joel, do you want to wear that? or do you, or, or, And if you don't, do you trust the Philadelphia 76ers to get you where you need to be versus another franchise? Yeah, is that an alluring option for him? Yes. Okay, go ahead. I, I think it is because I think he's really smart, and I think he understands the way the league works. And I think if they present to him and they say, hey, we have $60 million of space, cap space, or we have $60 million of contracts with six first-rounders, he knows the same guy is going to get there no matter what. Right. If you're if if you're trying to get Donovan Mitchell, let's just say let's just use him as an example. 
getting him into cap space or getting him for three guys who you have on two-year deals but five first-rounders gets you the same guy. It gets you the same guy anyway. Yeah. And upon arrival, Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey showing up means you're a playoff team. Upon arrival. Now, there was something else that interesting that happened in the NBA over the weekend. So the Milwaukee Bucks are the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. The number one seed is the Boston Celtics. You can't have this. The number one seed gets the um, all-star coach. You can't have the same all-star coach two years in a row. So the Bucks coach is the all-star coach. The coach is Doc Rivers, who's <laughs> been there for like a week and was asked about the fact that now he is going to be the all-star coach. That is ridiculously bad. Uh, it, it really is. Um, well, he's just going to get some money, that's for sure, and a ring. Um, you know, it's one of these quirky things. I think there should be a rule somehow that someone else does it <laughs> other than me. Maybe I'll send my staff and I'll go on vacation. <laughs> I'm going to run that by Adam Silver. I think he's a, he's, you know, Adam's a good man. I think he'll understand. Doc Rivers' record with the Milwaukee Bucks, I believe, is one and three. Let me tell you what he said. <laughs> what he said in this comment in this audio bite is so unintentionally insulting. He's going to give the money to Adrian. Adrian Griffin's not homeless. Adrian Griffin played in the NBA. Adrian Griffin's getting an enormous buyout from the Bucks to to you know leave the job. He's going to have his assistants go. He's going to go on vacation. You just got there. What are you, you're going to be around Giannis for three or four days. Take the time around Giannis. I think Doc Rivers is a wonderful man. I think that was un, unintentionally insulting. Really? I yes. didn't read it that way at all. I read it as him having some self-awareness that he understands that the team was in this position for him to get this opportunity, and it had nothing to do with him or his I own success. And so, therefore, he's going to give Adrian Griffin the the spoils from being able to put the team in the position to get there. He knows it's just a technicality that he's the one that gets to do this. I thought it was um, very self-aware. He was talking to the Bucks, obviously, while Adrian Griffin was employed. How badly do you feel for the guy? I mean, why? Why should he feel bad? Yeah, I don't feel, I don't right. Feel bad. So why give him money? Why? Why, but, why are you giving? Because Adrian, he didn't feel gonna, like he earned it. Well, exactly. Say, I, think that's, I think that's what well, it was about. You're not giving it to Adrian Griffin. Give it to your assistants then. Give it to the assistants that were there. I think that it's unintentionally insulting. I really do believe that. And Doc is a great guy. We all know that. I, I will say the NBA has all these rules: 65 games or more for the awards. How about a games coach rule for the All Star Game? But it's so Four it's, can't but be it's the number. so it's so unprecedented to see something like this. Though, yes, right? it's so rare. Like usually it'd be an interim coach, somebody that's name on a staff. You don't you don't find a new head coach for your team in the middle of a season, right? You know, but it's just the confluence of events and Doc Rivers being available and working here at this network that you know it kind of opened the door for that to happen. But when I'm listening to that soundbite, all I can think of is. Who the hell thinks that this is going to work with Doc Rivers as the Bucks head coach that they're going to win a championship? Oh, you went that far. I did. Like, Why? Who, like I'm just I'm just sitting there th- listening to how clunky it was with Doc and listening to what he what he was talking about and it was just him talking about going on vacation. Who thinks that this is actually going to work with Doc Rivers along with Giannis and Damian Lillard? I, I know that they're in win now mode, but I, I I don't know if I believe that Doc Rivers is the coach that's going to get him there. And I know that there was nothing that he could say or do to get me to that point in the regular season based on the track record from Doc in recent years. But I don't know. Every single time he opens his mouth, that's where I go back that's to. That's interesting that you went there. I always yeah. go yeah, back to, do I have any conviction or belief that Doc Rivers can get these guys to where they need to be? Yeah. Can he get these guys to play defense? 
Can he get these guys Not past so the second round? That's my point. <laughs> yeah, I, that's interesting you went there. I would have said, Doc, who's so good with the media, I would have just said, the rule's ridiculous. It's absurd. I had nothing to do with this. But you know what? I have a week with, with Giannis and Dame. I'll take advantage of that. Right? That, that's how I would have answered that question. I'm over it coming up. But first, CC has this from Granger. Oh, uh, yes. For the ones who get it done. Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Pat Costello, our producer, each and every day, gives us things around sports, life, entertainment that he's over. Pat, go ahead. What do I have to do to get a championship parade? This is so ridiculous. The Eagles, the Phillies, and the Sixers all have championship capabilities. Some of them have even played in the championship, and yet here I am, still ringless. It's been since 2017. Oh, what wow. Wow. 2017. 2017. What a long Such stretch a of long time. time. Are, these teams are way too good to not have a single championship win. This is insane. This is ridiculous. Do you expect Embiid as a Philly fan to play at all the rest of the season? I don't think so. Yeah, it's got. Yeah, hurt. I think he's about right. Yeah, he's not. That's got to hurt. Can you complain about not having parades when your city had one less than a decade ago? No. no. And his team was in the Super Bowl last year. Correct. The Eagles. How much heartbreak do I need to experience? Won an MVP. The Phillies. I mean, have been the great. Phillies have been in the CS. I, I don't yes. understand what 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 Pat is complaining about. I don't get it. Heartbreaking losses? How many more of these do I have to experience I mean, talk to, before talk we get to a win? New York fans. They hadn't won a championship since 2011. That's right, Pat. Who, who look to your there? look to your left, if I'm not mistaken, on my uh, directional yeah, thing. Right. Look at Javante. What he's in? He's a Detroit sports fan. That's right. And you're gonna say, I, I mean, just all the time. Philly, uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia fans are loyal. Won a title. Got Michigan. 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 Michigan.
How has he seen more titles? Between than- the Red Wings and the Pistons, Pistons he's seen yeah, more titles good, than yeah, I have. That's a good point. All right. That's a good <laughs> point. And maybe look and behind Michigan. you to Nuno, who's a Giants fan. No, anniversary today of CC's title. Hey, you Canty, know what? He's Canty, a Yankees thank, fan. Hey, Canty, uh, have I told you lately how much I appreciate you? Thank <laughs> you, you for You haven't, but I, I'm right, glad that you brought it up. Thank you. I, I, I received that, Nuno. Thank you very much. means a lot. All right, Pat. <laughs> Uh, the Super Bowl using Roman numerals. I, can we just stop? Can we just use normal numbers, please? I'm too stupid to ever figure out what it is. I was looking at it, and I'm like, ah, what are we at? Well said. 48? Yeah. Well said. So what we is- got the LV and then the three ones. Is that what we got now? But all of us have to think about it. When yeah. we look at the Roman numerals, we have to pause and do the calculations in our brain. And it really doesn't make the logo look that much cooler or unique. No, but they started it back in the day to make it feel big, though. Like, I get why they did it. Like, yeah. I understand. Oh, yes. It. The Super Bowl it feels notoriously small. Wait a second. Well, it, it was. It What's was- L? L is 50? Yeah, L is 50. And then V would be 5? Yeah. And then, th- see, I don't even know the equivalency yeah. of these. I have yeah. no idea. It's the only sport that does it. Just like, just drop the the number. I don't. I don't but get we, it. But we also don't assign a number. We're not like, oh, it's World Series fifty three. You know, yeah, we just exactly. say it's the World Series or, or the Stanley the Cup Finals, Finals yeah. or the NBA exactly. Finals. Yeah, WrestleMania forty. Right? Isn't that what it's coming? No, up? they just call it. Well, this one is special, but in past years it's just been WrestleMania. But they used to do the Roman numerals. I feel like back in the day, didn't they? They did. They, the abso- they absolutely did. Yeah, yeah. They numbered it, but they stopped doing it because uh, they thought it sounded too old. Doesn't UFC do the same thing too? They do it with the regular numbers, yeah. like UFC two whatever, yeah. but yeah. they don't do it with the Roman numerals. Okay, but they number them though. It's yeah. Roman are Roman numerals used for anything else but the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Like fax machines only used for signing day, right? Like, who else? <laughs> right, letter think about it. Yeah. Right, the letter yeah. Yeah. Is only for fax machines, <laughs> right? I mean, there's some things that seemingly we only associate with some things. Yeah. So then, should we be shouting out the NFL for keeping Roman? Yeah, I appreciate alive? exactly. Like they're Keep not alive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it makes my ring actually make sense, like because I've got Roman numerals. Yeah, so that's right. Like, that's well, right. don't fancy watches use Roman numerals, Canty? <laughs> I, I would not. I would oh, not like know. I, I, I wouldn't know. I don't own a watch that uses Roman Let's numerals. See. I don't. I don't. Know. As, as I'm rocking my Apple Watch. <laughs> well, I know it. No, 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 no. You're saying yeah, like like the too. old school kind of t- like timepiece. Oh, okay. The, I like feel a like pocket watch or something. Yeah, I feel like if you're gonna have Roman numerals on a watch, you have to call it a timepiece. You time can't. Piece? You can't call it a watch. No, no, no. It's a timepiece. I don't know. I'm it has to have a. Price tag or, or, or time, or yes, time you have to, and you have to lift exactly. your chin up when yeah. you say it. I'm looking at a Rolex right now that has Roman numerals around it, and I don't know if I'd call that a time. Well, that's well, that's why I'm not familiar because I don't own a Rolex. Neither, <laughs> Neither do I. I yeah. don't even wear a watch. Ever. Next, uh, the way bacon is packaged is just ridiculous. Why do they do it that way? It's so <laughs> annoying. It makes no sense to me. How have we not evolved from this weird like? shingled bacon packaging that we have. How would you just like it to be presented? Just stack it up. You're, you're buying the wrong bacon, though. But it is bacon, stacked. It's stacked the, on an angle. The, the, the bacon, well, the bacon I buy is not stacked on an angle. Oh, it's not? It's in a pack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like on top of one another? Yeah, on top of it. It's just a pack. Yeah, but oh. can we just make that the standard for bacon? It should be, but that's my point. I think you're buying the wrong bacon. You should just but, buy the particular bacon that I'm talking about. Wright's bacon is phenomenal. But you, should also, buy, you should buy that bacon. I will, because I take Absolutely. your food advice yeah, on everything. Sure. But, Pat, what is it about the angle of the bacon packaging that's so offensive to you? It's such clunky packaging, and it's so weird to open, and it's you can't even reseal it. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm with Pat it. on that one. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, why, why do I need to see each individually sliced piece of bacon? 
Like that doesn't there make any sense. There has to be a reason for it, right? I don't know. But what's the reason? I, I if don't they know. sell I, it other ways, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's like, are you showing off the every single slice of bacon so, so the consumer can see how every single slice looks? What do you like better with chips? The way that Pringles are stacked, or like in a bag where it's all crumpled up? Because that's that's packaged differently. Like when you think about Pringles, you think about the packaging of them. No. Yes, but the Pringles are so delicate that they couldn't be in a bag. They would just they would break. Crumble. Okay, so then that's yeah. the reason why. Is yeah, that the reason cook, why for that? Not so much. Has a little bit more. Oh, no, but the know, bacon. How's the bacon gonna crumble? I don't know. Bacon can't. It's not gonna crumble unless it's cooked. There has to be a reason for it. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Rights bacon. It doesn't. Doesn't sound like there's a reason. I think I think I'm right on this one. Okay, uh, per research, aka Google, it says that bacon is packaged this way to extend its shelf life and maintain freshness. So that means That's- yours that you get, you probably have to eat quickly, which I know you're doing anyway. So don't worry about it. Yeah, when I go to the store and get a pack <laughs> of bacon, I, I ain't like, man, I need to save this bacon for next month. <laughs> Let me tell you what I ain't gonna do. Next one, Pat. Uh, the era of big bacon needs to come to an end. <laughs> That's what bacon. I'm saying. Uh, uh, when basketball players hold up a piece of paper that has a number on it that's not 100, can we just end this? Like, I don't need to see that you scored 73 points or something like that. It's so played out and lame at this point. Unless you score over 100 points, don't do the little Wilt Chamberlain paper thing. Oh, your guy was the worst, though. Tyrese Maxey with the 51 pad? That was the absolute worst. That's like, what, what we, triggered it. Like, I don't understand it. Like, what, what are we talking about? Like, it's it's half of what Wilt had. The one don't that hold I don't up the like, piece of paper. The one that I hated years ago, and I've since turned in this guy's favor, but when Devin Booker scored 70 in a yeah. loss at Boston, yeah. and they were celebrating like they won a championship, I was ready to write him off forever as a yeah. player. Really? Like, I don't care that you scored 70 in a loss. You can't celebrate. You lost the game. Yeah, I'm tired of that too. Like I, I'm just I'm Be over proud, that. Be proud, but like, not I'm, celebrate. But here's the thing: I'm over like all of these high scoring games that these players are putting together. Like guys scoring 50, 60, 70 points seemingly every other night. It's not special anymore. Like the NBA has to do something about that. I know there's a bigger conversation to be had. Maybe bring back hand checking, or you know, I don't know what, but something has to happen because points are so cheap in today's NBA. It's well, ridiculous. If we're gonna have it this way, we need somebody to break a hundred. That's really what we need. As long as everybody's going to score a gazillion points, give me somebody to break 100. But you, you won't feel good about it. No, but at least it'll be something to talk it. about. You then then they it. can hold up the piece of paper. Then they can. Not, you know, 51 in a loss or whatever it is. I also don't know how many of them are real or, vers- or just photoshopped, and we don't know the difference because we see them on the internet. We're Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.